Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. And now, Kevin Ray. And welcome into the Housing Hour. My name is Mark Griffith. I am the co-host, filling in for the very verbal Kevin Ray, Ray, who cannot be with us this morning, but that's okay. We're going to proceed without him, and you're going to learn a lot of neat stuff because we've got a very interesting program for you today. But let me first tell you how you can plug in with us because we've got a website that is absolutely rocking, and you can learn everything that you need to know about all the housing issues and all of our past shows. And that's the treasure trove of information we have yeah. is thehousinghour.com. Thehousinghour.com, you go there, you click on it, you got all of our past shows. Everything that we've done for the past five years, you can find it right there. Plus, um, just a lot of other neat stuff. Plus, we've got some ebooks online that are free downloads, one that I might have written, you know. So, uh, it's kind of some, some local history, some information like that, and some good blogs. But anyway, check that out, thehousinghour.com. Also, you can check out Facebook at uh, the Housing Hour slash the Housing Hour. That's a Facebook look at because we're so- social media hounds, and that's uh, that's Kevin Ray's doing. But uh, Facebook and Twitter at the Housing Hour. That's going to be the the Twitter account, and you can uh, send us a send us a message. Go at us at the Housing Hour and tell us if you have a show in mind that you want to um, hear about, and we'll take care of it. But anyway, today we've got my buddy here online and on air with us and actually he's live in studio and that's good because uh he's got a wealth of information his name is michael harris and he works he owns wildlife solutions here in in knoxville and so uh michael welcome in thank you very much mark appreciate you and i appreciate i appreciate you michael has helped me out in the past and we've had a past show on this i had some critters in my yard and, uh, you know, not all critters are bad, but most critters are sometime up to no good. Isn't that right? Well, you don't want to live with them. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you want to keep them outside the house. That's right. Out of the structure. Out of the structure. Yes. Well, I had a, an active groundhog. Yes, sure did. And, uh, and the year before I called Michael, this was just a groundhog pup. Mm-hmm. It probably just weaned or whatever they get mm-hmm. do from their mama, kicked mm-hmm. him out of the nest or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he started coming around. And we knew he was young because he was going from house to house. There's three houses, you know, right next to me on both sides. And he was going to house to house to house looking for a place to live. Mm-hmm. And he started burying under my fence and started digging around. So he was starting to cause some trouble. And he was starting to cause my next door neighbor, he was starting to complain about it. But a year later, this was a cute little thing. Didn't, mm-hmm. didn't bother me a bit, mm-hmm. but a year later, this thing became a pig. That's right. They were, it was huge. Whistle pig. Whistle pig. <laughs> <laughs> but this was huge. Yeah. And so, and, and then I noticed that other diggings around my foundation, I thought, well, this could cause a problem. Certainly. Well, in the right situations, they can cause a lot of problems. We uh, we worked on a house out in Fort Loudon Lake um, a couple of years back, and it was way up on a hill, and their dock was down the hill at the water line. 
And uh, they built a you know a house pad, and then they stepped down and put a pool, and then they had a retaining wall, and these things started digging under that retaining wall and right. compromised the foundation and the footers, and uh, it started falling away. So it, yeah, it was a very expensive uh, fix for those guys, but it all started with the groundhogs. Yes. Well, how do you know if you're a homeowner? Now with me is because really it was came to my attention from my wife because we have a grandchild it was about mm-hmm. two at the time mm-hmm. and he was playing outside in the backyard which is right. totally fenced in yep. and all of a sudden this whistle pig as you call it this big thing was kind of standing its ground mm-hmm. although it was you know but i was afraid of getting cornered i don't mm-hmm. think it would ever attack them i don't think it would be a problem more usually it's just more of a defensive mechanism you know that they would do something like that yeah but one night i turned the corner and he was there, and I walked on him. He didn't know. I surprised him. But he raised up on his legs, and he hissed at me. And they've got some nasty teeth. And nasty, ugly, gnarly-looking yeah. teeth. Yeah, they, they'd hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, that's time. When he hissed at me yep. with those teeth, I said, I'm calling Michael. Yeah, well, that's the warning. <laughs> but we eliminated him. We got him. We, we trapped him, and he was a nice-sized uh, groundhog. Nice Absolutely. It's and I learned nice. a lot about trapping him, their favorite food. Tell everybody what they love to eat. Oh, now you want me to get about trade secrets. No, don't do that. <laughs> well, they, well, they love sweets, mm-hmm. and, uh, and cantaloupe works very well. Oh, I, I thought you were going to tell you a box of chocolates or something. Oh, <laughs> they, they might. We, we've not gone to that degree yet, yeah. But I, I couldn't believe that. And he looked very content in the cage while he was eating. Sure. But yeah. then after he ran out of food, he was wanting that. Yeah, well, he's, he's, yeah, he's ready to go. And, and of course, uh, them being that, you know, of course, these guys, they don't like to get out in the early morning when the dew is on the ground. They, they usually get out a little bit later, uh, you know, after the, right. the, the, the grass dries because, you know, they're, they, they, they're so low to the ground. They don't like getting wet. So, uh, yeah, most of the time you don't see them early in the mornings, but, uh, you know, uh, throughout the, uh, the uh, mid-morning and uh, afternoons and evenings, yes. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a, if I'm a homeowner mm-hmm. and, and I notice there's a groundhog in the area, I've seen them out mm-hmm. eating the tops off of the plants and things like that or, or the weeds and things, um, how do I know that I've got a problem with them? What do I, should I look for? A burrow somewhere that they've dug, uh, fresh dirt. Um, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing. Uh, uh, if you, if they're not digging and they'll have several burrows, uh, most animals who that, that do burrow will have several, uh, burrows around it. Uh, it'll be, uh, they won't be at the same one all the time. Mm-hmm. So they move around, they graze in different areas and they forage in different areas. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, just look for uh, fresh dirt or digging. And, and see, that was the dilemma because my buddy and I, uh, my next door neighbor, we were kind of joking like, well, who's going to pay for trapping this thing it's mm-hmm. not bothering me you know so right. you know it's like well is it bothering me you mm-hmm. know and so the ne- other neighbor it was living under their house mm-hmm. but i don't think they recognize it even though i told them i don't think mm-hmm. they really cared a lot of people don't until it's uh yeah until they run into a situation where it's, it's caused damage uh, of some sort yeah, yeah. so yep. so that that's uh, that was kind of my uh, groundhog experience um but also you caught something else and i thought it was a good nuisance varmint to get rid of but you kind of told me something that was, I wish now I kind of hadn't gotten rid oh, of Oh, that's right. We caught a grinner over there, didn't we? Was that uh, a, a, a possum? possum. <laughs> we call them a grinner. A grinner? Yeah, because yeah. it looks like they're grinning when they, you know, they, they open their mouth. <laughs> they hiss and show teeth. But, uh, you know, most of the time you, you'll be hard-pressed just to get them to, to bite you. Uh, you know, they, they just, they just not, that's not what they do. They look bad. Uh, they scare people. 
but uh, for they the get most, into your garbage. They oh, kinda, oh, oh, they 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 can nuisance. do and, and do some uh, some serious uh, stuff in your crawl space and what have you, and in, insulation, your duct work. If they get in there, uh, they're ground dwellers. Uh, you know, typically you have uh, skunks and possums on the ground. And then your raccoons and uh, your rodents, your squirrels, flying squirrels, uh, rats, mice, a lot of those will be in the attic as well. Yeah. well why is a uh, – because when, when I got rid of the possum, you said, oh, good, I'll just take him right back to my house. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what's oh. what's beneficial about well, you know, these things? A lot things? of people don't you – know, it's just a greasy old possum kind yeah, of thing. But I mean, these guys I mean, are very beneficial. I mean, it's, it's, it's North America's only marsupial. Okay. Okay. Um, they, uh, they, they will eat on the average about 5,000 ticks a season. Uh, they're pretty much uh, immune to the Lyme disease. Um, and only about, uh, you know, maybe one or 2% of them would even carry rabies. They just don't, they just don't carry the, 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 the virus. So, um, but uh, very beneficial, uh, you know, they groom themselves all the time. They're waddling through the woods. They get covered in ticks, uh, you know, but they've got a nose, they can smell them. Uh, it's just something that they eat a lot of, and uh, you know, so uh, that's your animal's not getting bit. You're not getting bit. I mean, th- so there's there are benefits to having them around because you told me that they eat, and I want to say three or four thousand ticks a five, day. Oh, five thousand a season. Five thousand a season. Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought. Mm-hmm. A day would be pretty amazing. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I'd better call it some <laughs> guy to spray my yard if I had that many. But uh, so they're they're not that bad of a critter to have. No, you know they're just uh, they're a nuisance if you got dogs, <clears throat> you know, because your dog's going to go crazy. And uh, uh, but uh, the other thing that people need to know about wildlife is that there are uh, in, um, in things in their urine. That they carry a lepto, which uh, certainly uh, if your dog walks through it, rolls in it and what have you, and then comes in the house and jumps up in your lap, you're susceptible to it as well. But uh, there's about seven or eight varieties and each animal has their own strain. Um, So there are things that they carry in their urine and feces and what have you. You just don't want them hanging around the house. But they are, I mean, they do live outside and they are wildlife and they're just doing what they do. They're not looking at you and I. They're not paying you and I any attention at all. I mean, most of the time, the only thing these guys are doing is they're searching for food uh, or breeding. You know, hmm. like right now, uh, skunks are breeding. Uh, this breeding season for them, you see them all over the, the road that's been run over. Uh, most of those will probably be males. <clears throat> A lot of activity in uh, uh, out and about with the skunks right now, and will be for about another two, maybe two and a half weeks. So, we, yeah, we can expect to have that morning smell fragrance yes. loom over well, you, us. Well, you get two males, uh, you know, uh, fighting, or you get a male and a female, uh, you know, doing their thing, and uh, and they do let off some of that perfume, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it can get pretty bad. And I know from uh, some of my uh, colleagues, they've had animals that get sprayed by them. Are they more susceptible to be sprayed at this time of year? Is that Absolutely. When- just so much activity. Um, and, um, one thing that people should be cautioned about, if you do see skunks out in your backyard and what have you, uh, you need to keep small dogs, uh, keep an eye on them because these things, um, if they spray a small dog right in the face, they have a chemical in their spray. It's called theus and, uh, it uh, causes oxidational damage to the blood cells, which can't carry oxygen. Oh, so that's a bad deal. Bad deal. Okay. So we're with Michael Harris of Wildlife Solutions and he's telling us everything about the critters that roam around the, your area and uh, and how to deal with them. We'll be back after these messages and continue this discussion. 
Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. And we're back into the Housing Hour. Thank you for coming back and joining us. And we've got Michael Harris of Wildlife Solutions in our studio with us, telling you everything you need to know about (laughs) critters that run around your neighborhood. And I'm talking about the furry kind. Maybe Maybe they have scales. I don't know. But we were talking about... On the before we cut the break, we we're talking about skunks. Yeah, and I know that they're active now, and I know they're the uh, you know are are a nuisance for, as far as getting into a lot of different stuff. But they can walk right up on you. They've absolutely they they don't see very well. They smell uh-huh. they, they they they've got a great smeller, uh, but uh, they don't. They're almost blind for the most part. Um, but uh, yeah, they'll walk up on you. They're not well, they're not afraid of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know they don't need Didn't to be. Didn't seem to be. <laughs> they don't need to be because believe me, they've got a weapon that uh, that you don't want any part of. Yeah, we were standing on the porch one night mm-hmm. and it was getting kind of you know dusky, and we looked down to our right, lower, but underneath the bush, there was a skunk, and it was a full grown one. Keep in mind, uh, these guys all they're doing is foraging for food. Yeah, that I mean everything comes with, with wildlife tends to come back to a food source. You know, where there's a problem, you have a neighbor that's got uh, uh, feeding the kitty or the dogs and leaving food out at night. Or he's got a mulch bed or well, mulch pump. Well, absolutely, the grubs and things of that nature. But uh, where it starts typically is going to be uh, a food source that draws them in. And once they know that that's there, they put you on that nightly run. Uh, raccoons are the same way, and it takes a long time for them to take you off of that run. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're going to be visiting your house almost every night. Uh, right now, as much activity is out there, I mean, uh, you know, unless they're in your structure, um, if we if you call us out to trap, uh, we'll catch we'll catch we'll fill our traps just about every night. Full of just skunks. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it can get uh, quite pricey. So if they're not in your structure, uh, try to keep your dogs away from. Them. We talked about that just a moment ago uh, about uh, smaller dogs, the bigger dogs, because it seems to be able to handle that sometimes. But this is a, you know, if you've ever been at ground zero when these guys go off, I mean, it is a, a burning smell. It is an oil-based, um, uh, almost smells acidy uh, to some degree. But I know uh, it's been, it, it, some have gone off a couple of blocks from me, and it's pungent where I am. Listen, uh, you know, you just do not want these guys going off. And if they die under your house in a crawl space uh, as they relax, just like uh, any anybody, once the heart quits beating, all bodily functions, that gland right there at their anal is going to release. Oh. So even though he's dead, he's going to release on you. So oh. you got you you only have a, just, a, you know, probably maybe a minute, maybe, after that heart stops uh, to bag him or do something with him because he's it's going to release. Well, how do I, as a homeowner, how do I decide when it's time to get rid of them? And then when you come in, what do you do with them? Where do they live? Where are they going? Well, they're going in your crawl space. They're going, they're digging, burrowing under your front steps. Uh, you know, they're uh, any place that they can get uh, out of the weather. Um, that's what they're going to do. Um, and and you, this would be apparent to me. So I could look down and say, I've got a skunk here and I need to. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we can come out and actually do a, a complete inspection. And, and what that would do would get you as a homeowner would be able to see. And what's going on through our eyes, you can walk around with us. We'll show you what we're looking at, what we see, and what needs to be addressed. 
but uh, you know, so many homeowners, um, they don't ever get around, walk around the house and really look, and uh, they're kind of surprised when something like that happens. But right. uh, uh, these guys are just out and about, and they're they're. It's all about a food source and and finding a place to bed up. Well, other than let's say visual inspections that you do, do you have technologies uh, today is full of uh, high gadgets? What do you use? Well, we have uh, we have all kinds of snake cameras and things of this nature. We've uh, we've got uh, technology. We we have a product that's made for us and. Uh, we're the um, we're a 500 mile radius. Uh, we're the only people you can get this through, and it, it will get rid of the smell. It will uh, attack the uh, feces, the urine, uh, the body fluids, birthing fluids, things of this nature that animals tend to leave behind their calling cards, and it munches away at the organics and the proteins and starves the bacteria to death. So it decontaminates it. We use it a lot uh, with bats as well, but. From a visual standpoint, if we've got a small slide or a burrow, we know that. And and, and if you, you know, you're you're if you're confident enough that they're not right there looking at you, you can get down close to it and smell. And if it's a skunk, you will know because you're going <laughs> to smell it though, because these guys just reek. Um, but we also use a, a thing called uh, cylindrical strike indicators. Uh, a lot of times that we put. Uh, that tells us uh, which way they're coming and going and what the activity is. Uh, Cylindrical strike indicator. Strike indicators, yes. So what does that do? Uh, well, um, it uh, we put it over the burrow, uh, and if they're coming out, they're going to move them. And if they're coming in, they're going to kind of just kick them out of the way. So the way the the way that they fall will tell us a lot about the direction they're coming and going. Um, cylindrical strike indicators uh, or CSI technology is nothing but <laughs> sticks, folks. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to pull it up on the web as we speak. <laughs> we just we just lock. put small sticks over the burrow so that we can. Do <laughs> I, I, I I put it in and I, what I pull up is a deadbolt. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not what you're talking well, like about. Like I said, a customer called and said, you, you, you use CSI technology the other day. But, yeah. uh, you know, we use, uh, we use, sometimes we use bubble wrap, things of that nature that they can actually tear through. Uh, when we're dealing with uh, squirrels and things in the attic, we've just got a small hole. Uh, it just depends on what we're dealing with, what we're going to put in front of them, because they're not going to pay any attention to it. They're just going to push it out of the way. But it tells us a lot of information. Right. Uh, because the last thing we want to do is to seal something up in a structure. Right. You know, um, I go back to when I was a kid and watched Bambi, and I see all the animals all together. Do you typically have animals living in groups, you know, in communities? No. <laughs> I mean, so these are solo. The, the groundhog by itself, the skunk is typically at your house by yourself. You don't have both. No. Well, no, I'm not saying that, but uh, the skunk is not going to be living in his burrow. Okay. Okay. Right, right. Um, uh, and uh, so they're not going to be living, uh, cohabitating in a small area. No. Uh, okay. No, that, won't, that won't happen. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, gray squirrels, flying squirrels, yes. Okay. Uh, because now, I've seen those. Gray squirrels, if they're in your attic, they're out during the day. Flying squirrels are sleeping. Flying squirrels are nocturnal. So when the gray squirrels are coming in, the flying squirrels are going out. So they can cohabitate. But most other animals do not. So these, when they, I mean, do they look like bats when they're flying out? I mean, The flying squirrels? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, they've got that skin between their legs and they just glide. Oh, I see. Uh, so, uh, so you you've got to have trees around that are tall enough for them to glide to your structure, and then it's also got to be able to be high enough that they can drop and just like a bat, you know, about two or three foot, and they they gain flight. But I got gotcha. you. These little gliders, they can they can sail about a hundred yards. But they can't pump and no, continue no, the flight. No. They're just going downward. Their tail is their, their tail is flat, so they can as a rudder. Uh, yeah, but uh, gotcha. they they do a great job of that. Huh. Yeah. And so, because uh, I, I always heard. And I, and I know in my crawl space, once there was something 
Uh, it was like the skeleton of something that mm-hmm. looked like a bat, but it probably wasn't a bat. It looked more like a squirrel. Mm-hmm. Did they kind of hang out in the crawl space? Squ- uh, no, squirrels, uh, the one, no. they're going to be in the attic. They're not okay. going to be on the ground, but your rats and other rodents would be. And, okay. and uh, something that uh, we just got up here from Florida, folks, that uh, be on the uh, lookout for, uh, roof rats. If you've ever been in what? Florida, ever lived in Florida, there's a, an animal down there they call roof rats. Like and they, a roof. It, and they are huge, all right? They're about twice the size of your Norwegian browns, and uh, they will chew into your attic, and they will destroy it. So uh, the first one uh, was just uh, killed uh, in uh, Hardin Valley just a few weeks ago. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And we've got armadillos and fire yeah, ants. we're going to and- come and talk about armadillos <laughs> because that one is really crazy. But so, so there's a new species coming in town. How come they're coming this far north? Is it weather-related? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because it's warmer. Yeah, of course the fire ants are a little different. They've moved up here and they've uh, they've crossbred uh, with uh, the ants up here, and they say now they can handle the cold much better than they could. Uh, you know, the, the variety in the, in the South Georgia and Florida. Are they just as potent on oh, their poison? Absolutely. Yes, sir. So yeah, we didn't so get a. They're still just as nasty tempered. Yeah, oh, sure. Grief. <laughs> when will this end? Well, the only way you can get this to end is call Michael Harris with Wildlife Solutions and have these critters caught. Now, do you catch these um, roof rats, as you call them? Uh, absolutely. And so you're you're you bait them just like a normal rat. Uh, yes. Okay. Well, when we come out and do an inspection. We we do an inspection from the perimeter up to up to the top of the roof. All right, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna look at every inch of that uh, structure to see where their entry points are. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you know, there's telltale signs. That's just like tracking or anything else in the woods or hunter. You, there are things that you look for. And I and I've been told, and you probably mentioned this with the chemical that you have uh, some type of you know chemical that you use, but that they leave an odor scent how they come in and leave their ingress egress out mm-hmm. of the house out of the attic area mm-hmm. squirrels especially i've been told i think i understand that if you don't get rid of the scent other one you may capture the one that's come in but other ones will follow does well, that sound familiar well, if you've got a, if you've got a dog or a cat or anything if you've ever seen a dog you know walk behind another dog and pee in the same spot right okay uh, that that is a scent issue and uh when uh, animals smell uh the scent of their kind they think that's a safe place Oh. And if you don't address that scent, you can seal it up all so, day, so but the they will find a way a to chew place. back in. Yeah, they sure will. And you can't you can't imagine what kind of damage some of these animals can do if they want to get in there. Wow. And and the roof rats, that thing just absolutely blows me away. Something coming from Florida's. You can take his tail and pull it, and it'll be longer than the entire body. The length of his tail will be longer than the entire body, and their ear shape is different, and their their nose is different. So this ain't no Mickey Mouse. No, it's not. Wow. And, and, and it, does it? Asphalt shingle roofs, or is it? They just call it there because he lives on the roof. Uh, well, that's just where they live. Okay. Okay. I mean, they're going to be out foraging just like any other animal, uh, but that's that's where they call home, just like a, a gray squirrel or flying squirrel would. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So because here most of the your your brown Norwegians and most of your rats or your field mice, they're all ground level. Okay? Right. They don't climb. Yeah. Exactly. And the little field mice, those are really kind of cute. Yeah. I feel kind of bad trapping those, yeah. but anyway. Well, we're here with Michael Harris and Wildlife Solutions on the Housing Hour, and we're going to continue this because there's another varmint that has come into Tennessee that you need to know about, and we'll talk about it next on the Housing Hour. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray.
And we're back. TheHousingHour.com. Check it out. Get this show. Share it with your friends because Aunt Martha needs to know about roof rats, <laughs> Michael. I'm with Michael Harris of Wildlife Solutions. And uh, this has been an eye-opener. But I'm telling you, something that has come into town now, which is really scary to me. Mm. I don't know why. But um, two or three years ago, I was telling Michael that I've noticed this animal creeping uh, east along I-40. And I noticed it because I was taking my daughter to Jackson, Tennessee, where she goes to school. And every year, I noticed it getting closer and closer in. It was, you know, around I-40, 840 interchange down mm-hmm. there. And then all of a sudden, Lebanon. And then all near Cookville area, I saw them on the side of the road. What's invading our territory? Now, Roan County, Kingston area. You know, Roan they're, they're, they're here. That's the armadillo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Armadillo. Armadillo. You think only Texas has those things? Well, Florida. I mean, they're they're, they're all Florida. Over. Absolutely. I grew up in Florida, and uh, you know, at night you go out across the pastures and see them. They just be and they'd be all over the place. So they were everywhere, uh, and they are damaging, and they are definitely a nuisance. But uh, you know, they uh, they have their benefits as well, just like a lot of uh, really. Uh, oh, what what are the benefits <laughs> of an armadillo? Well, they they eat fire ants, they eat termites, oh, they eat good. grubs, they eat uh, you know all types of uh, ground insects and uh, earthworms. Um, the the problem is a lot of times they may be digging in your flower bed finding them, oh. but uh, you know because they've got a great nose on them, they they don't hear or see very well. Uh, but they've got to must real, explain the carcasses on the side of the road. <laughs> yes, uh, once again, much like a skunk, they just don't see, uh, but they and they don't hear very well either. But they can smell extremely well. As a matter of fact, they can smell an insect six or eight inches below the ground. Really? Yeah. So, are, are these rodents? Is that what that no, is? No, no. They're they're actually a, a, an armadillo, and they're related to the uh, anteater and sloth. Oh, yeah. See, I had no idea. Yeah, uh, I mean, they've got huge claws and very and strong sloth. Feet. Why the? I mean, I don't see any sloth in them. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't tell you, but uh, yeah, that's, you just that's catch them. that. That is who they're supposedly closely related to. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, sure are. Uh, you know, these guys. There's about 20 species of them, and um, the, the the nine banded armadillo is the one here in the U.S. Is that made it home, and you know they come in a lot of different sizes, anywhere from about five inches, and you look at the pictures. Uh, of the smallest one, he's uh, just a little white fuzzy thing with this hard shell across his back. Uh, really odd looking, but uh, up to about 59 inches and up to about 120, maybe 130 pounds on the giant ones. So um, 130 pounds. Yeah, that's big. That's oh, yeah. real big. Yeah, the giant, the giant armadillos. Yes. Uh, where do the, Where do they live? Uh, South America. Okay, so yeah. they're not here. They're not here. They're only nine banded here in the North America. Okay, and that little white fuzzy one that you're talking about, South America, also. I think. Okay, so they're not up here either. No, sir. Right. I'd like to see the cute ones, but uh, you can pull up a picture and take a look. It is a. It looks kind of like a, a furry hedgehog to some yeah. degree with this almost this shell like on, like on this top, but uh, like a lobster shell. Well, they're the only animal that, uh, that has a bony uh, a plate or plating. Yeah, uh, you know so. Uh, um, they're very unique in what they do. Um, Spanish name for them is a little armored one. Um, yeah. Like I say, poor eyesight, great smeller. Um, they can, when they're scared or frightened, uh, they can jump three to four foot straight up. Straight up. Straight up. Absolutely. Um, they are uh, uh, omnivores, uh, and their main diet is insects. So they will eat the, you know bird eggs if they find them on the ground, or fruit and berries, things of that nature. But for the most part, it's going to be Grubs, worms, and uh, termites, and uh, fire ants, and that type of stuff. So the one thing that really 
kind of struck me when you were telling me about this because I never really thought about it. It didn't really bother me until you told me what this thing carries. carries. Yeah, yeah. So tell everybody what this well, that's is. Well, le- that's leprosy. Yeah. That's uh, crazy. And about 50 to 80 people a year uh, contract leprosy. Um, you can certainly get it from these guys, but um, you need um, you need to have an open sore or wound uh, type situation uh, and more of a blood-to-blood type uh, uh, connection. But they do carry, and they are immune to uh, that virus. So do they bite? I mean, is that what they would do? I mean, they're not aggressive. No, they're, they're really not aggressive, and they've got uh, about 30 um, uh, kind of cone-shaped or peg-shaped type teeth. Uh, they're not... Uh, uh, they're just designed for one thing, and that's foraging for insects. Um, but they do burrow, and they cover a wide range, and they'll have about 15 burrows uh, that they will visit over a wide area. Um, and it could be as, uh, you know, five foot deep up to 25 foot deep. So it just depends on where they're digging and, uh, you know, hmm. where and they like to stay. And have you caught these yet? Uh, we have not. We're getting calls on them, but uh, we've not. Uh, we have actually Roan not County. started trapping them yet. Yes. So all of our friends in Roan County, look outside to see if you see them. Well, Knoxville, they're headed this way. They'll be they're here coming. shortly. You I'm telling away. you, they're coming yes. down I-40. I've yeah, seen them. Guarantee, yes, sir. If they got yeah. Google Maps, they're well, going to well, These guys here. have a very low body temperature. Mm-hmm. Uh, very low, in fact, and uh, and they have very little, almost no fat, so they can't stand the cold weather. Cold, you know, it could kill them very easily. I'm with them on that. Yes. So uh, so there you go. I mean, uh, you know, hopefully that uh, we're seeing weather changes, uh, and, and it may just be a situation <laughs> where they're here for a while, and we get pad- cold patterns back, it may move them south. Oh, that, that may be the the reason. But if yes. they're like the fire ants and they start breeding with something, maybe they're well, they're going to have to breed with other other armadillas. Uh, you know, <laughs> not much around. <laughs> and they and they have they have a little bit of a problem doing that themselves just because of that armored shell. I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> well, but um, well, uh, the um, the leprosy is that something to really be? I mean, you know, that sounds a lot. Here's the thing, you know, if you pick one of them up and you hold him and and what have you. Uh, Chances are very little chance that you're going to get leprosy, but you don't want to cuddle with one of these things. Okay, it's you don't not want a pet. to. It ain't a pet. You don't want to bring him in the house and be loving on him and that kind of stuff because you could certainly. If you found a baby, sometimes you know we want to put him in a box and kind of feed him and then call a, you know, an animal person to come get him. Yeah, but you don't want to touch these things. Well, like the there again, you, yeah. and the babies are really neat looking. Uh, matter of fact, these guys lay one egg. Or they, they'll have They're one. Egg. They, they'll, they'll have one egg, a fertilized egg, and. And they will have, from that egg, uh, they will have four identical quads. That's, hmm. that's, and that's pretty standard. Okay? They're identical. And the, se- the shell is very soft and pliable uh, when they're a baby. Kind of like it's, a rubbery it's re- absolutely. Uh, turtle egg. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Well, well they, they don't lay an egg. That's just a fertile egg in the body. But they will give, they will give birth to um, uh, four identical quads. That's amazing. Yep. Sure will. So if these things are on the side of the road, you need to, you know, uh, they have other animals that will come and feed on these. Sure. Well, I mean, uh, you know, wolves, coyotes. I mean, you know, anything that uh, that's a, you know, a larger uh, prey animal certainly will will eat these. Uh, vultures will clean them up as well. Uh, Did those become carriers of those no. types of disease? No. No. Mm-mm. So we don't have to worry about secondary transfer. I don't think so. Okay. Mm-mm. So and uh, you know, well, how how uh, how prevalent are these going to? Is this just kind of a spattering of sightings that they're seeing in Roan County or is this I, becoming, I think, I think it's starting to become uh, uh pretty regular. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I say, the, you know, the calls that we're getting uh, indicate that, uh, um, there are more and more sightings. Yes. Hmm. Yep. 
Sure do. And um, so, you know, with with these types of animals that are coming in, do you see anything else? Um, you know, because we talked about the roof rat coming in. We talked There's some about, big kitty cats. Oh, wait, <laughs> we got to save that to the last segment. All right. That is that is I've totally forgot about that. Yeah, we do have to talk about that. But there are uh, big dog type things the coyotes, oh, the coyotes. And wolves, uh, my things. goodness i tell you what uh, we get calls uh, every week um, uh, about coyotes as a matter of fact we uh, we went out on a shoot uh, the other week in loudon county where these guys are very smart and uh, they come out and antagonized uh, two of uh, this these ladies um, uh, blue healers and um, they got into a fight out uh, just outside the barn and then the coyote runs into the woods well, fortunately, these two dogs had invisible fence collars on and would not cross into the woods. Right. And uh, the the homeowner said that she could hear them just all up and down that wood line yelping. And what they do, they get that your dog to follow them in the woods, and then a pack attacks them and kills them. And eats the dog. And they will send a female in to draw out the males on big dogs, and the pack will do the same thing. So you see it every day on Facebook. Oh, my dog's missing, you know, and my cat's missing, folks. Yeah. Most of the time, they're not missing. And they probably are not, and they're probably not coming back, you know, in most cases. Um, the, the, these guys are feeding well. Um, we have a couple different varieties. We have the old scruffy type, like a wily coyote, and then we have one that looks like a big German shepherd. It's uh, about size, maybe a small wolf that are very large and uh, robust animals. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, nothing to mess with. And this is West they, Knoxville. Uh, oh, that's is Fountain City. This is, I mean, they, they, I've had people say, I got one sitting in the street right here on Garden Drive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm telling you, because, uh, you know, um, I've got a perimeter alarm system. Mm-hmm. And so when anything goes into my front yard, it, it pops on and I'm, I'm up out of bed and I'm looking outside. Mm-hmm. And one night um, I looked out there and there was some, you know, it was in the dark. But, you know, I, I have a security light that popped, but mm-hmm. it's down my driveway. So it got, was getting ancillary light from that source. Mm-hmm. And I saw something out there, and it was big. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't a deer, but it was mm-hmm. that color, type mm-hmm. of color. And, you know, it was just standing there kind of looking around. And it, it looked like a wolf or Absolutely. something like yep. a big dog That's that right. was kind of ugly. Absolutely. Yeah, they're here. Scary. Yes, got to put, put up your kids and your animals. But uh, look, we've got another announcement about something that's in this area. You got to stay tuned to listen to. This is the Housing Hour. I'm with Michael Harris of Wildlife Solutions. We'll be back after these messages. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. And thank you for joining us again in the housing hour. Check out the housinghour.com. Look for this show. Share it with your friends, family, and neighbors. Let them know what's creeping around their backyards because you need to know. And uh, before we get to the next part of this, um, uh, Michael was telling me, Michael Harris with Wildlife Solutions, um, he was telling me about the, we were talking about the armadillo again off air. But uh, tell me what uh, people call these things again. The poor man's pig. The poor man's pig. So what does that mean? Well, that means that they uh, they are edible, and uh, they say it tastes like pork. <laughs> Not chicken. That's amazing. I had an uncle that was, uh, you know, in the military and survival down in the Everglades. Uh, that's what he ate most of was armadillos uh, during his survival period. Oh. Oh. Well, I don't know. I'll take their word for it. I'm not going to go there. So. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, Michael, <clears throat> we're going to go this this next thing because this is fascinating to me because when I was 
a kid growing up in Knoxville. Um, I used to go to a friend's farm out in West Knoxville, which is now West Knoxville. Wasn't, I don't even know what it was called back then. Um, but uh, it was uh, the Geddes, Geddes View area, the mm-hmm. Geddes View mm-hmm. Farm. Right. It was a beautiful right. farm out there. And I remember George Geddes, uh, my friend Glenn Geddes, his father would tell us that there were um, panthers or some type of big animals out there occasionally that they'd have to watch because they had their show ponies. But it seemed like I heard those stories. I never knew if he was really telling me the truth or he was just trying to scare us from going out into the woods at night. So I, I don't really know. But what about that in the West Knoxville area, panthers or some big cat? Well, TWRA had just, uh, just uh, agreed and announced, uh, I guess, last week that, uh, yeah, cougars are here. Uh, we've known it for some time. We've seen uh, many, many pictures. Uh, we knew exactly what it was, and, uh, you know, they are here. Um, here that, being in the mountains, safe away from civilization. No. No. Um, how about uh, Seymour? Seymour. A mile from Chapman Highway. Yeah. Uh, how about, uh, you know, I mean, they're everywhere. They're like a coyote, and uh, uh, they're getting more uh, more prevalent. Uh, we've got a couple different uh, color variations. We've got the, the fawn, and then we also have a kind of a dark gray uh, color. Um, so certainly people could, I would think, say, cougar. yeah, the, the cougar could maybe think that was a black panther of some sort, but maybe it's just a darker gray color. That's what that's what I heard as a kid, like a black panther type. Right. Puma, they also refer to it same, as. The same thing. Cougar. Same thing? Yeah, yeah, same thing. Cougar. Yeah, and now in Florida, you know, we used to they had they used to have a actually a black panther, and I believe that that was probably more in line uh, related to a jaguar. Ah, um, but uh, they did have uh, dark colored cats, absolutely, and um, certainly they will they will eat your livestock. There's no doubt. So, I mean, what's the difference between that and like a mountain lion, like same, out the west? Thing. They're the same thing. Same thing. So, I mean, we heard stories out west of people going on biking trails and running trails these and, things and jumping off a cliff jumping off a cliff on top right. of you is are we talking about this type of activity yes. i mean this is a potential absolutely and it's in west knoxville it's, well it's, it's nearby it's, it's everywhere in this area i mean you, there's no you, we're not inundated with them but they could be anywhere if there's one there you go <laughs> Terrified. Well, we're getting too many sightings. Matter of fact, too uh, many. there was a picture just uh, you know, the other day, uh, you know, one out in the daylight in the open field. <clears throat> um, so, uh, you know, they're doing what they do. They are, they're just foraging. They're, that's, they're just surviving. That's what So they're not do. like night hunters or something. They hunt during the day. I mean, they're just. You know, I, th- I believe that they're more of a daytime uh, type hunter, but uh, we're catching them on uh, trail cameras at night. Mm-hmm. So, um you know, I'm, I'm not really sure. This is a, this is a relatively new species, a thing that we're dealing with. Uh, you know, and uh, hopefully that's not going to become a problem. But look at the topography around here; it's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect for bobcats, cougars, uh, wolves. And what you always say: as long as they're a food source, it, it, that's exactly right. As long as there's a food source, they will mm. continue to breed and thrive and survive. Hmm. So, what's the uh, Tennessee Wildlife Agency? saying about it are they saying well this is not a problem uh, i think they just uh, just acknowledge uh that they're here Uh, yeah because i remember calling them because i had reports of a large cat at echo ridge behind bearden mm -hmm. high school Mm -hmm. and we went out and set up a trail camera and we caught a Mm -hmm. very large cat couldn't tell what it is but some in the some who saw it in real eyes said it was a cougar Mm -hmm. 
it looked like a large, super large bobcat. Mm-hmm. You mentioned it may be a lynx. Mm-hmm. Could be. So, so there are some animals out here. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Man, it takes a lot. Well, we we live in a you know uh, just up the down the street there uh, in the mountains. I mean, you're basically looking at that's, a rain but that's a rainforest. Where, but we okay. said you can live there. You know, you but uh, but they not they're not going to stay there. Look at the, look at all the cabins and the intrusion into uh, those areas. Uh, people building houses. Uh, you know, you certainly you're going to push them. Uh, you know, and and they're going to go wherever they can to find food source. So uh, you track those and catch them. Uh, we we will be finding out with TWRA. Uh, there's a couple of things that TWRA has taken off our trap list, and of course, uh, bears. They've always taken care of that, but I also took wild boar off uh, two years ago. Um, so you know now they uh, they issue I think degradation permits to the landowner, and they go out at night and with the night vision and stuff, and try to eliminate as many as they can. And um, and these cougars will that be the same type? We'll, of will TWRA will be able to determine how that's going to go. Yeah, hmm. we're not really sure at this point. So I mean, if you're a homeowner, I mean, you know, you don't want to be over afraid of things and and things in the backyard, but you just need to be cognizant. Well, we live in the uh, you know we live in a, a forest, and we are. if, we if, really if you do. if you don't believe it, just uh, don't mow your yard, don't pay attention to it for about two or three years, and the forest will reclaim it. <laughs> <laughs> That's an idea. I wonder if I can convince my wife that I don't have to mow. <laughs> I so, doubt it. So you know it's. Um, it's uh, it's crazy right now. Like I say, there's so much activity. We're even, uh, matter of fact, uh, seeing bats. And we had two commercial bat calls a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, what's going on? And they're supposed to be in hibernation. Well, it's just the temperatures. Every, the temperatures are just messing up everything. Messing, yeah, it's just messing with My everything. My peach tree's blooming. Uh, everything is blooming, you bet. And uh, I'm afraid we're going to, just like always, every time it does this, we're going to have a snow uh, cold snap and it's you know, going to well, kill everything. Because yeah. last time that happened, cold snap killed my peaches. Yep, that's right. No peaches. No peaches. <laughs> that's why I, t- I cut mine down last year. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you can't, it won't get yield. I, I, I don't know. I, I know it. It's a problem. But, um, well, uh, I mean, you know, with, with the warm weather, you're going to have this invasion. Um, and I know you mentioned the bats, and I know the bats are protected species. Absolutely. They're federally protected, yes, sir. But there's an open season on these things for you. There is. There's a couple of windows of opportunity uh, for us to be able to eradicate or remove those out of your structure. Uh, that would be in the spring after they have come out of hibernation. And then um, May 1st to August 1st, uh, they're going to be a pup season, so they're going to have babies attached to them. Uh, you cannot do anything with them at that point. So even until, a homeowner, you can't go up in that attic and start swatting. You know, you'd be you'd be that would not be very smart to go up in an attic and start swatting at these guys because one little scratch or a bite and you're going through the rabies series. <laughs> uh, because if you don't and you start showing signs of rabies, you go ahead and get your orders in affair uh, in your affairs in order because there is no cure. Yeah. And my understanding that uh, that series of rabies shots is about thirteen grand. Whoa. And I bet you insurance doesn't cover that. Uh, about 2,000 of them is what I understand. Ooh, that's not good. So, yeah, you don't want to be up there messing with them. Let the professionals do it, folks. Uh, these guys are not, uh, they're, just, they're just, they're great for what they do, but they're not anything to be messing with. We've got about a minute left in the, in the show. And I, uh, you mentioned something that everybody could do. They could buy an inexpensive trail camera and kind of set it up at night and see sure. what's in the backyard, looming Absolutely. around. Absolutely, you know, you want it's to fun. I, I've got one. They're mm-hmm. fun to use. Mm-hmm. 
You'd be surprised what goes on in your backyard when you're asleep. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. And in the front yard, too. Uh-huh. I've caught yeah. them there, too. Yeah. I've it. got bad guys in the front yard. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> trying to break into my cars. But, uh, you know, you can set the trail camera up for that, too. Absolutely. Sure can. But, uh, you know, if you go online, um, you know, uh, you use trail cameras. Mm-hmm. And it's good for the kids. Absolutely. I mean, you sure. can set it up and uh, and have a, you know. Well, you know what? It's, it'd be great to educate your kids because, I mean, uh, my gosh, uh, we we don't want anything to happen to kids. And and with these coyotes and the things that are that are out there, folks, keep an eye on your small kids. Uh, is all I can tell you. Uh, you know, uh, I, I told uh, Mark a few minutes ago the first uh, documented killing of a human was about four years ago in New Hampshire. Nineteen-year-old girl walking through a public park and, in uh, New Hampshire. In New Hampshire, and uh, and uh, she almost made it back to the restroom. But she was seen. They passed uh, about four people there. But anyway, she was attacked and killed. So be alert. Yeah. That's all I can tell you. Be alert. Well, and be knowledgeable. Because with knowledge comes power. So that's why, you know, uh, Michael Harris from Wildlife Solution is probably the best contact I know to give a call. And he can educate you. He'll come out and he'll talk to you. If you need to set up traps, you can set up traps. You can do all of those things. He'll tell you. You know, the the price points for each animal he did with me yep. and uh, did a great job. Thank you for coming in, Michael. Thank I you, Mark. really appreciate, appreciate it. You. you can check this out on thehousinghour.com. Check us out, and we'll see you next week on The Housing Hour. That's The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know, so come here to find out. Also, check us out at thehousinghour.com. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.